Well, it's good to see all of you. I'm Chris. I'm the associate pastor here. And I'm festive. All right. Darth Vader is even getting into the mood. And if uh, the Christmas spirit uh, can invade the cold, dead heart of Vader himself, we've all got a little bit of hope, right? Yay! Uh, Man, and I thought, since I'm wearing my Darth Vader sweater, I would wear my Darth Vader mask. So, just to really complete the ensemble, if you will. Uh, See, you thought I was doing an impersonation of Darth Vader right there? No, that's me walking up a flight of stairs. So, uh, that is actually true. I got to catch my breath. That was was three more steps than I was planning. So, Uh, well, surprise. I don't like surprises very much. Do we have people in the room or maybe at, at home that like being surprised? Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just not a, a big fan. I don't like being surprised. I also don't like being tickled. So just to make that clear, and in, if any one of you is like, man, I wonder if that guy uh, would like me to tickle him. No, I would not. The answer is no, in no way would I ever like that to take place, so please don't respect my space. Thank you. Uh, uh, the great part about having me as your secret Santa is you'll probably get your gift two weeks before, before Christmas, because did I mention that I don't like surprises? Um, I don't like being on the receiving end. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to describe to you the perfect surprise party ever. I know you guys are wondering, like, man, what, what, what would be perfect? Okay, well... If you're going to have a surprise party for someone, you want to invite like 15 or 20 of their closest friends or five or six. I don't know how many we can have right now, but you're going to invite from all over the world, Rome, Italy, Pasadena, you know, just all of the glorious places around the world. Um, You're going to invite them, okay, and then have everyone wear that person's favorite color. We're going for nuance here. You serve all that person's favorite meals. And then hear this. This is the key. Uh, Two weeks before it starts, you tell the person about the surprise party. Because surprise is terrible, okay? Surprises are awful. But we all know surprise is a regular part of life. For us, I I mean, I don't know anybody who plans their life out at 13 years old and um, and, and, uh, everything transpires in the way they thought it would go. That's just not how life works. But hear this, when God chooses to interrupt and intervene in our lives, when God surprises us, we have an opportunity for great joy. Even when it doesn't feel like that, when God shows up, Even if it's a surprise, it is an opportunity for great joy. This morning, we light the shepherd's candle that represents joy. These shepherds were tending a flock um, outside of of Bethlehem when, when an angel of the Lord appeared and they were surprised. So this morning, I want to ponder this. I want us to ponder this. Maybe our biggest surprise our biggest disappointment or inconvenience could be one of the greatest sources of joy in our lives. See, we can often confuse joy, true joy, true biblical joy with uh, happiness or contentment. 
We can confuse ecstasy with joy. This is what we think about uh, joy like. This is what joy looks like. Does anybody know what that is? Publisher's Clearinghouse, right? They show up at your door with a giant check. It's so much fun. Okay, we have some confused faces. All right, this was a thing, all right? For you kids in the room, Publisher's Clearinghouse, they sell magazines. And to get you to sign up for these magazines, once you sign up, you're entered into a sweepstakes where Ed McMahon shows up at your door with a giant check for millions of dollars. We think of joy like this, that God shows up and it's, and it's amazing, it's everything we expect and it's happiness and it's all good. This is uh, what we can think about joy. Instead, uh, life can be a little bit more complicated. Life looks a lot more like this. We get a call from Publishers Clearinghouse and we still owe them $16 for a magazine's subscription. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Not quite how life, uh, how we would like life to turn out. See, this morning we're going to see God showing up to a group of low, catch this, lowly average shepherds. God shows up in the midst of their lives, their frustrations, their losses, and their contentment. The angel's first response when they showed up was this, do not be afraid. Why do angels always show up scary? That's what, I I mean, angels are always saying like, do not be afraid. How will you stop showing up scary? But apparently they show up this way. They surprise the shepherds. And why would they say that? Why would they say, do not be afraid? Because they were afraid. I know, quiz, you just got 100% on that. Well done. They were afraid. Can you imagine God showing up in the middle of your workplace, blindingly so, and bellowing announcements of holy grandeur? God can be so disruptive. And for those of us who who have followed him, God can be disruptive. I would like to tell you a story. This is how I first started uh, uh, in my calling in full-time ministry. When I was working in IT, I got a phone call from my pastor at the time, Pastor Steve. And uh, he invited me to consider coming on pastoral staff as a children's pastor. Go children's pastors. Danya, kids ministry. It's so much fun. And uh, he knew my heart, <clears throat> my heart for kids and my love for the gospel. It would be exciting, but honestly, I was terrified. When he invited me, I was terrified. See, I, I, it would mean the loss of a steady career full of advancement, the loss of a 401k, the security of a major corporation. I was terrified. But great joy is discovered in the midst of surprise and fear, not displaced from it. I want us to hear that. Great joy is discovered in the midst of surprise and fear, not displaced from it. See, the shepherds were not expecting the angels. They were not expecting their Messiah, the son of David, to come in this manner. What if what God wants to do in your life, think about this. What if what God wants to do in your life is something that you can't imagine right now? If we trust that God is a good God rolling out his good kingdom for the sake of the renewal of the world, then God intervening in your life right now, if 
if, if God comes in, in unexpected and surprising ways, what could that be like? Well, it would be good. It would be great joy. What if God was asking some of us to give up a career or a job for something else? Great joy could be on the other side. What if God was asking some of us to change our schedules to allow more time for relationships and possibly less of a paycheck? Great joy can be on the other side. What if God is asking some of us to start serving in a new way that maybe you previously have disregarded? Great joy can be on the other side. What if God is asking some of us to believe in our marriages uh, again? While, while some of us may be tired and looking to be done, God is asking us to stay and participate in a new way. Great joy can be on the other side of a recommitment to our vows. What if God is asking some of us to walk away from a habit or pattern that we found great comfort in. Maybe it's a few beers or a few glasses of wine after the kids go to bed. Maybe it's a sports league that has taken over nights and weekends. Great joy can be on the other side of letting go of the things we often cling to. Because when God comes and, and, and he surprises us and he interrupts our lives, it is for the sake of great joy. See, just as God showed up to the shepherds in a great surprise, my hope right now is in the midst of this uh, auditorium and in our homes that this very moment would be a, an occasion for the Lord to show up and, and uh, interrupt us. And it would be for great joy. So Lord, I do pray that, God. I, we give you our hearts right now. Lord, we give you our minds, our idea of what is good God, of what we're called to, what we're not, we're laying our lives before you right now. God, and we ask for you to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. You can turn there inside of your Bibles. Uh, the scriptures will be up on the screen as well. See, Luke records this interaction of the angels with these lowly shepherds. They were tending to their flock when all of a sudden they were made aware of an event that would shake the cosmos. See, just on the other side of the hill, Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the king of kings, the one they had waited for, he was born. The angels show up to share this. Baby Jesus was in a manger not too far from their flock. Terrified and uneasy, the, angels, uh, the angel reassured them uh, that what was happening was an occasion for great joy. And then upon hearing this, they make their way to see the great king. See, I want us to watch for a pattern. God revealing himself and his plan can be daunting and scary. But if we walk it out, friends, it can be great joy. Let's start with verse 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. See, they had probably guarded these flocks for a long time. If you were a shepherd, you were a shepherd because your dad was a shepherd, and his dad, and his dad. This was the family business. This was their normal routine, their rhythm. This was something they were comfortable. This is something they had regularly done. See, these shepherds were living out the life that was before them. Like us, they, they probably had varying degrees of comfort uh, or, or contentment with uh, the life that had been brought their way. Maybe they loved being shepherds. Maybe that, that was their highest calling. They loved the smell of sheep. I don't know what sheep smell like, but 
I'm assuming bad. Oh man, I did it. I told myself I wasn't going to do it, and I did it. Oh, there we go. Kids, that was for you. And uh, any dads over the age of 45. How's that, how's that sound? You're welcome. Dad joke. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, see, maybe they loved it. Maybe they hated it. Um, but in either case, they were faithful shepherds. Friends, I want you to catch this. They were faithful to what God had called them to. Matthew Henry puts it like this. They were not half asleep. They were not employed, or they were employed, attentive, and in the business of their calling. They were faithful. See, when I first received the call to pursue ministry, I was content with my life. I was serving in, in a children's ministry every single Sunday, and I had a job that was providing for my family. I had a retirement. I had a 401k, and I had weekends off. I even had access to a skybox, a skybox to watch the Blazers lose. I mean, play. Sorry. Guys, forgive me. They were terrible back then, okay? They're good now. We celebrate them. Back then, you're like, man, who are the Blazers playing? I'm excited to see them. So... But, I mean, I was pretty content with my life when I first got that call. But suddenly, everything changed. Let's go on to verse 9. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. See, suddenly, if you read the gospel, suddenly is such a regular word. God intervened in, in a moment in history that was surprising. See, the son of David, the Messiah, this king was born as a baby. Don't, don't miss that. They were expecting a great king and he's born as a baby. See, the, the angels make a pro, pronouncement to lowly shepherds. These were nobody. This was the poor working class. These were not the kings and rulers of the world. These were not the religious elite. These were not Pharisees. These were not scribes. These were lowly shepherds. This is who God showed up to. And they were terrified because this was an inconvenience. This was abrupt. This was unsettling. How often it is when the Lord intervenes in our world that we can experience a discombobulation. See, oftentimes we think of the joy of the Lord intervening as an easy, fun-filled experience, tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> I also told myself I wasn't going to do that, but it's all out the window now. <laughs> uh, but this is, I, I mean, we think about the Christian life as easy, and when God shows up, it's, it's okay. Now we have faith to go, and we're not afraid. And, but that's often not how we experience life. We think of it as fun-filled experience, and, and sometimes it is, but often we find ourselves wondering what in the world is going on and more questions than answers. Don't be fooled into thinking that God's intervention in our lives is, to be, is designed to be easy or without doubt. See, when Pastor Steve invited me into uprooting my life to say yes to a deeper calling, I was terrified. I was excited for sure, but I was nervous to tell my wife, hey, this career that supports our family, I want to quit that <laughs> for something less secure. I was scared what, what other people would say, what other people would think of me. 
As at that time, I was the provider of my family. I was concerned what other people thought. Does he not care about the stability of his family? And friends, that, that, those things were actually said. Those were not abstract thoughts. That people would say to me, are you crazy? You can't do that. How will you take care of your wife and kids? See, I had only been at my current position for less than two years. What if this doesn't work out? Man, and that phrase, what if this doesn't work out? <laughs> As you follow Jesus, that's a, it, that, that's a regular part of your, your life. What if this doesn't work out? But hear this. Fear is faith's faithful uh, herald. Fear is there at the beginning. Faith doesn't exist outside of fear. It exists right in the middle of fear. Let's go on to verse, verse 10. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. See, the angel's arrival was not just an event designed to bring fear. The angel of the Lord was there to provide a revelation of the Lord. How things really were. God's kingdom had arrived. The Lord, yes, the Messiah, was born. Your hopes and your longings are out, about to be fulfilled. That's what the angel of the Lord was there for. But I want you to notice this. Notice what the shepherds were not told. Notice what the shepherds were not told. They were not told that Jesus came to bring reconciliation through his own death and the cross. They had no clue. They thought he was going to do something else. They were not told that Jesus would refuse political power. That's not what they expected. They expected him to overthrow Rome. They were not to told that Jesus wouldn't be concerned about overthrowing Rome. Rather, he would concern himself with overthrowing sin and the power of the grave. They, they were given just the right amount of information. Just the right. See, right now, in this room and in your homes right now, you have all the information you need right this very second to be obedient to what God has called you to. Sometimes we're, we're waiting for the revelation of God. I'll be faithful to whatever the next thing is, but God's calling you to be faithful in what you're in right now. You may not know what this next season holds, how your children or grandchildren will be doing school in the fall or how things will turn out at your job, but God has revealed to you how to be faithful in the moment you are in right now. And maybe that's a word for you. That you walked in hoping for whatever that next thing was and God's saying, hey, I showed up to shepherds who were being faithful where they were at right now. Maybe that's, maybe that's for you. Like the shepherds, God desires your faithfulness now. When the revelation of the Lord comes for something else, you can be faithful to that. But <laughs> this week in your groups or maybe find a friend, you're going to have a chance to answer this question. What has God entrusted you with? What has God called you to be faithful to now? For the weeks that would follow the, the invitation to consider entering into full-time ministry, it was a discovery time. God spoke deep revelation into my heart that still carries me through to this very day. During that time, 
it became clear that I was called to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, not just passively, but actively. That in spite of how I felt about my talents, my voice, my speech, my life, that God was calling me to be a proclaimer of his good news. That nothing could change that. It became clear that God would use my weakness, not my strength, but my weakness and my story of hope as a signpost of his, of his, of his goodness. That this is what God wanted to do through my life. But here's what I wasn't told. I wasn't told the hardship that ministry would bring. I wasn't told that I would lose friends, that I would have people disappoint me, that I would disappoint lots and lots of uh, other people. I wasn't told that, I, that, that years after the fact that uh, I would get a call from, from Pastor uh, Isaac and I would have to uproot my family that I would, I would leave the people that I grew, grew up with to go to a new town. See, I wasn't told that. Maybe God gave me the right information at the right time so I could yes, say yes to the right next thing. Because that's how God works. God was asking me to be faithful to what he was calling me towards then and he still is right now. As we go on to verse 13, it says, Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. See, the revelation from the angel was not designed to fill their, their minds or to make them feel cozy. The angel didn't show up and so they could go, oh, cool. <laughs> See, sometimes like, like we open the word or we go to the Lord in, in prayer and we want a revelation from the Lord. But when we receive a, re- a revelation from the Lord, we tend to go, oh, Cool. (laughs) But revelation inspires action. The revelation of the Lord was an invitation to action. See, faith cannot exist in the abstract out there. It's to be walked out. They were given just enough information and just enough faith for the next step. And that story is written all over scripture. They went to see Jesus. What was God talking about? See, holy curiosity is the gift that allows us to dream about what could be. Could the Savior really be here? I mean, they had been praying for centuries and generations and generations of people. These were people who were waiting for the coming Messiah. Could this be that time? Could the Savior be here, the Messiah? Could, and, and, and this same, same hope allows us to have holy curiosity in our lives now. Could God really intervene in my marriage? Could I really have a job that could pay the bills? Can my story really be used to give hope to other people? Holy curiosity is a gift. Your steps of faith may be taking an an, uh, interview or filling out a resume or scheduling an appointment with a marriage counselor or calling someone you need to be reconciled with. 
action is the language of the Jesus follower. That all of what we think, all of what is revealed to us has to get into our bones and walked out. See, I remember the day I turned in my two weeks notice. I remember turning it in to a man that didn't go to church that I thought, he thinks I'm an idiot. (laughs) But that was that step of faith. I didn't know what life held after that, but I knew I was supposed to do that. I knew in faith I had to say yes to the next step. Let's go on to verse 17. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them uh, often. You see, as they went to visit, they saw that God was good on his promises. It was just as the angels had said. God is, God is faithful. See, friends, it's one thing to know about God, to read about his faithfulness. It's something entirely different to experience it. Oftentimes, God uses our history of faithfulness to propel us to to deeper and deeper yeses. That God wants us to have courage. And so once we walk it out, we see that God God is faithful. They were transformed. And listen to this. They couldn't help but tell other people about what God has done. Our journey will always involve a proclamation. As we're transformed, we can't help but tell other people about how good God is. That is a sign of somebody who has been transformed. The kingdom of God intervening on on earth, catch this, and animated in our own lives is designed to go out, to go forth, and to be proclaimed. God is not just doing things in your heart, in your soul, in your life for the sake of you. It's for the sake of the world. This is what God has. See, I'm here today proclaiming the fruit of God's invitation 10 years uh, ago. It's still going forward now. Right now, it's still going on. God's call is risky and terrifying, but following Jesus is not just an abstract experience. When you faithfully take risks for God's call on your life, friends, you will experience great joy. So I have a few points of application for us in your group uh, this, this week. These are some discussion questions for you. Um, or find some close family or, or, or friends to be able to talk this through. First, I, wanna, I don't want to move past this. Are you called to vocational ministry? See, we like to talk about a lot, and rightfully so, that, that all of us are called to be ministers of reconciliation, that all of us as Jesus followers have a calling on our life to be, uh, to be like Jesus wherever we go, but some of us are called into, into vocational ministry. If there is a leading on your heart, let us know. We would love to fan that gift into flames. We believe that God is calling more people into ministry just as I was called. Two, uh, have you ever had a time where you had to take a step of faith? Did God show up, even if it was in a way that you didn't really uh, expect? I want you to think about that and allow that to marinate in your soul that God is a God who shows up. 
Three, I quoted Matthew Henry this, this week, uh, talking about the shepherds. They were not half asleep. They were employed, attentive, and in the business of their calling. Uh, in what areas are you called to be faithful right now? We all want whatever that next step is. We all want new, the grass is always greener. But God is wondering if, if, if we will be people who will be faithful now to what God currently has for us. Four, I want you to take some time this week, and for you parents out there, this is hard. Um, this is a sacrifice, but this will be well worth it. And I want you to take a half hour of solitude and silence. It may require you driving somewhere outside of your, your home. You may have to put shoes on. <laughs> but I want you to take some time, and I want you to ask this. Is God interrupting your contentment in any way. Do you feel stirred by the Holy Spirit to take a step of faith? And there is a caveat here, is that, that, that God will never call you to do something that is outside of his word. So I, I, I want to make that really clear. You may have a feeling, oh, I, I feel like I'm supposed to leave you know, my my marriage or something else. No, no, no. God, God would never call you to something that was outside of his word. And so, man, as you're processing these friends, find, find someone who has been following the Lord a long time. Reach out to your facilitator, a pastor, and, and, and walk through whatever God is calling you to. Because we have this phrase here that it's much more powerful when God speaks to us or we than when God speaks to me. That when that's confirmed through other people, it is a powerful experience. Well, there is no arrival date this side of heaven in our relationship with Jesus. God is always shaping and refining our hearts. Nobody has ever uh, arrived. We always have more refining. It can be painful to think that things can be different, that our marriages could be restored, that we could walk in a new ministry calling, that our employment could pay our bills. But God is in the business of interrupting what is for what could be. And that's a beautiful gift because great joy is on the other side of when God interrupts our, our life. Today is an invitation to open our hands and be open for the angel of inconvenience. Today is an invitation to have great joy in the midst of being absolutely terrified. Today is an invitation of trust. So Lord, I do pray for that. God, I, I ask that you would boldly interrupt our lives. God, and you would speak to us, Lord. We want to have ears to hear whatever you have. God, and I ask through your spirit that uh, that you would not only speak to us, but give us courage to be able to walk it out. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Well, I'm gonna invite you to gather your things and uh, once you gather your things, uh, I want you to stand up. I would love to pray a closing benediction prayer. So gather your things up and yeah. Well, Lord, I do pray. God, I ask that uh, for those of us in this room and at home right now that you would expand our imagination for what could be beyond what we could even ask or uh, imagine. Lord, and bestow your courage on each and every one of our souls to have faith for whatever that next step is. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Thanks.